What's shaking YouTube and nights? Welcome to Lords of the Longbox presents the cover price comic book shakers of the week, week ending July or for the week of July 28th. I have a feeling we're going to have some uh, San Diego Comic Con related things, but not the way you think. And quite possibly the most and quite possibly the most awkward Sudway ever on a shaker <laughs> show. You'll know when you see it. But until then, boys and girls, you know, it's Friday. You know what that means, right? It's all about that Freestyle Friday, son. So let's kick it off with some DJ Freestyle as soon as I find him. There we go. It's a man, man, well. It's a man, man, well. It's a man, 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 well. It's a man, man, well. It's a man, man, well. It's a man, 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 well. is here when i rock a rhyme often eyes are dropping a tear it's so beautiful it's america's landscapes when this man makes lyrics like the syrups that you pour upon your pancakes my mandate is to grip minds like a handshake spit Orlando lakes and go skinny dip with the fan base over any damn break beat i hastily make pastries tastier than anything that wolfgang makes so take notes out of suckers i make coats lump of some like bubba gump fishing on lake boats I take jokes and turn the comedy into drama. I'm bagging on your mama. I'm Jeffrey Dahmer behind you. I'm a rhyme writer. Lock, stock, smoking the ganja. Rebuttals be fuddled, leaving a puddle of saliva, sillies. You couldn't handle Randall when I throw my grammar at you. It hit your head and you would think I threw a hammer at you. I point the camera at you like Herb Ritz. Develop it, then use the pictures to pick up bird shits. You're nervous is the impervious wordsmiths. Hanging out in Rafa's new crib, come with the verses. Yeah. Bars. That's it right there. You know, it's a sugar show and Randall Park is dropping bars, son. Speaking That's of dropping right. bars, Dark Side Jedi, say what's good. Well, damn, did somebody call Spider Man? He's in the house tonight. What's up? Man, 
I got my Tom McFarland spy. I don't know. Nobody Halloween. told me there was a dress code today. I, 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 <laughs> didn't, I didn't see the memo either. I just it was a happy uh, coincidence, man. But happy Thursday, shake it up. Let's get it. Gabe, say what's good to the folks. What's up, everybody? I'm the only one not wearing a Spider-Man shirt, but I do got cool old comic book price tags on mine. Nice. But either I way, uh, great, great, great notes today, everybody. So pay attention. Some fun stuff on there today. Yeah, and our fellow Spider-Man brother, JB, from Discovered Bay Comics, say what's good to the folks. How you doing, everybody? And hello from the Pacific Northwest. We got another fantastic list for you. I'm not going to say it's an Ofer list, but it's an Ofer list. So get ready. <laughs> he just Drop. said it. <laughs> and uh, a very interesting segue also in the middle of this. Uh, this show is sponsored by our friends at CoverPrice.com. This list comes from our friends at CoverPrice, focusing on new sales or the most interesting sales found on the exclusive Daily Shakers list. This list changes several times every day, so make sure you check it out to review some of the hottest trending books on the market. And uh, yeah, this is a very interesting say list to say the least. Uh, let me see. Uh, maybe. <clears throat> at, at least you should have one of these because I've been talking about it for a long time. But let's get right to it, boys and girls. These are the comic book cover price, comic book shakers of the week for July 28th. What do we got kicking off for numero uno? All right, kicking off today's show, we've got Back to the Future number one, the Virginia Comic Con edition, originally published in 2015 from IDW. Now, Back to the Future was one of the most nostalgic 80s franchise movies similar to Ghostbusters or Die Hard, you know, where the subsequent movies didn't really hold up as well as the original, but still remained as memorable and enjoyable to this day. Well, Back to the Future was awesome. Ghostbusters 2, eh. Now, the first appearance of Back to the Future was in Harvey Comics' four-issue limited series back in 1991, now appropriately titled Back to the Future. Unfortunately, Bob Gale, the co-writer of the movie, along with Robert Zemeckis, stated that only the movies were canon at the time, leaving this series as non-canon. So why is this IDW series important? Well, because Gale returned to the franchise to write these all-new canonical stories of Doc Brown and Marty McFly. There were a ton of variants, actually 40 of them, published for this issue, with which essentially watered everything down. But the Virginia Comic Con variant with the cool foil DeLorean has stood above the rest. Raw copies selling for 50 bucks and a 9.8 sale hitting an all-time high of $550 on July 25th. Great Scott. Now, oh, Marty. Done. For, uh, for those, I mean, that's, that's partial sketch, partial vo foil, which sounds interesting to me. Um, for you young kids out there who don't know who DeLorean is, uh, it's worth a Google, as uh, they said in the movie, <laughs> the campaign. Uh, first of all, that car didn't go very fast because it was literally made out of steel. It was not, it was a heavy, heavy ass car. It wasn't even that fast, but there's a whole thing about John DeLorean and and drug smuggling and everything. It's worth a Google just to find. I think it may even be a documentary about it, but it's interesting to find out. But uh, I think their, their top speed was like, Barely ninety miles an hour. I mean, it was just pretty ironic. Maybe eighty-eight. Yeah, or eighty-eight. I mean, was it yeah, 88. I wouldn't doubt it. It was a heavy-ass car, so it didn't go that fast. All right, so back to the future. The Virginia. Uh, I'm assuming the Virginia Comic Con is that VA Virginia yeah, Comic Con. Yeah, Virginia Comic Con. Partial sketch, partial foil from IDW in 2015. All right, uh, so this next one, hey man, do not blame us. Don't shoot the messenger. We're just state. We we do this. 
after people have already bought the books. We don't pump these books. What what do we got for this next one on the list? All right. So next one on this here, this is uh, Conceptual Funnies, number one, the invisible comic book from good old bad idea. Um, whether you love or hate this quote unquote book, it has officially left an infamous mark on the comic book collecting. The industry has sharply split on this intended promotional gimmick for the then new publisher bad idea. Many collectors saw the humor in creating and slabbing in an invisible comic, uh, simply uh, mylar sheets stapled together. Others saw this as a mockery of the great of, of grading comics, exclusives, and comic collectors as a whole. This is compounded by the fact that these copies were all sold for thousands of dollars directly by the publisher, <laughs> which only pushed the narrative the narrative of would a collector literally buy nothing essentially though with a few years of distance on this it was undoubtedly an interesting experiment on what makes a collectible and what uh, we truly are willing to purchase these days regardless of, of how anyone feels this is now a desired collectible for all of these reasons above it's a blip in comic history that will most likely never be replicated a key market driver for almost any exclusive so what is the price of something that's basically nothing there? Uh, well, this week, a graded CGC 3.0 uh, sold no for, yeah, it's all random, I guess, whatever. Uh, sold for uh, 2000 basically 2500 bucks for nothing of a promotional advertising gimmick, I guess, right? Yeah, that's, first of all, real, is it? how's it a 3.0? And why did you spend twenty five hundred for? Well, you know, uh, Kiss Kiss sells. Well, let's just say Gene Simmons sells uh, air guitar strings. So if you're interested in buying some of those, you can air find guitar it as well. strings. That's hilarious. Yeah. Well, you know. Oh, yeah. So uh, look for the Invisible Comic uh, trailer and movie. They already came out. You just couldn't the see trees. them. But uh, yeah. But uh, let's move on from this. Let's get to some real books, man. Uh, what do we got for the next one? Yeah. Take it back to two thousand and nine. Last Days of American Crime number one. This is a San Diego Comic-Con limited to 500 from Radical Comics. And there are several different types of collectors in the hobby. While the key collectors can continue to dominate the market, there is a growing base within the community that so seek out super rare modern books. The Last Days of American Crime number one is a perfect example of this phenomenon. Uh, there is a running joke in the community, and it goes, if you know a book is rare when you can't even find the picture of it online. So this amazing Alex Mayleave cover uh, variant sold for $298 and is the only sale of any kind we have seen in the past two years. There is only one copy currently graded by CGC. This book is a perfect example of how scarcity still matters even after the spec on a book dies. The next Netflix show for the last days of American crime, unfortunately, did not live up to the standard set by Reminder and may leave spectacular comic book. That said, collectors are still willing to pay a premium for a book that rarely pops up. It's worth pointing out that not only is this miniseries a great read, Alex may leave's cover on all three issues are nothing short of stunning. Go check them out. Um, and Greg Tocchini's uh, cover B is also 
awesome for issue number one. Wait, there was a there was a Netflix show that I that I missed. I guess there was supposed to be one and wow. it didn't happen. Ah, that just got. I'm telling you guys, there's like literally eighty to a hundred comic book projects that get IP oh, yeah. bought up, but they never get done. Um, yeah, bought up, bought up. You know, whatever. Well, basically, studios teaching. will buy the IP. And hold on to it so no, so they have it, so nobody else would will do. It. You know what I'm well, saying? Especially so Netflix. Netflix, like five years ago, was just throwing money at everybody oh, yeah. to make a show. Yeah, and that's why all uh, these things got eaten up, and then we don't see them, or they get one one season and it disappears, like all the Miller World stuff. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, uh, I'm sorry, I have a question. When they say limited to 500, now I feel like today anybody can do 500 comic books. Because I, I I feel like a lot of people in the comic book community are doing their own custom covers and doing variants. Back in 2009, was doing a 500 print run the the norm for a convention? It seems mm. seems low. Yeah, it seems that <laughs> seems pretty high actually for a small publisher. Um, I mean 2009. I mean if you think about it, well, this was 2011 though. Though the international on the cover at least it says 2011 Comic Con. But the book yeah. came out in 2009? I don't know. Yeah. I, I think this is the same standard for like <clears throat> Comic-Con exclusive. Like this, around like 500 copies back then. And these days, for like stores, the people who make their own mm-hmm. like variant covers, um, when I was doing it at a Torpedo, there was a minimum that you had to order. And that minimum was like 3,500 copies. Ooh. Yeah. And that changed so it's a on, lot online, nowadays. Yeah. With mm-hmm. online retailers, that changed a lot. So like... Uh, all your Scorpion comics, Frankie comics, and all these people, they can order, uh, uh, what? They can have cover, uh, they can have the regular cover, 3,000 copies, and then the version cover, 1,500. And then yeah. what's happening is a lot of these companies would split the difference. You know what I mean? So they would each get half of each, and it would be like a combined uh, exclusive. Uh, you see that a lot, Beaver Comics, and, you know, all these different, I mean, you know, 2009? Yeah. You can count on one hand the amount of online retailers there were probably. Yeah. Uh, Phantom Comics, I think, or was one of them. Uh, I mean, you know, obviously before then it was like, uh, what was that? Uh, an- AnotherUniverse.com and Dynamic were probably yeah. the ones that were really big in the online variants where it was exclusive to them. But now it's like, you know, you know, everybody. Yeah. I'm just saying our, back then the print runs were smaller. Nowadays they, they force you to do it larger. So back then you could yeah. do like 500. Now, like I said, it's like a it's like a thirty five hundred dollar or thirty five hundred copy. Minimum. Yes, Liger, we do notice the cover says Comic Con two thousand eleven, but uh, yeah, yeah, the graphics to it two thousand. Yeah, so right, let's get to the either next one. either way. You don't have it, so don't worry about it. All right, so uh, <laughs> the last days of American Crime issue number one, San Diego Comic Con, limited to five hundred, and uh, apparently it's a Netflix show I need to watch. You know, I was watching. I just got falling down a rabbit hole. This is the first time I've watched an English based show, and I had to turn subtitles on. It's called uh, Top Boys, and it's about uh, London gangs, London, like uh, London uh, black gangs, and they. Oh, and, I thought this was yeah. gonna go a different direction. Oh no! It's like really they're like, hey, bruv, hey, bruv, in the in the, in. The, I'm like, oh my god, I gotta Whoa. turn on subtitles. I barely understand what they're speaking to Queen's English too, and I'm like, my god. But the slang they use is totally different from just peep it out. It's really good. It's actually produced by Drake of all people, uh, but it's about like London gangs, like uh, like uh, you got like Turkish gangs, like uh, black gangs, and all this. It, it's it's a good it's a good show, man. Did you say awesome. Netflix or HBO? It's on I'm Netflix. Sorry. It's Netflix. called Top Boys. Yeah, Top Boys. Hey, Ri, hey, Ru boy. Oh, and they go to Jamaica, too. And oh, my God, that's really when it starts. They say, <laughs> so I need subtitles there in Jamaica. Oh, my God. Yeah, Bumbleclad, Booyaka. <laughs> that's my uh, 
sorry for any of you uh, Jamaican fans. You're Bamba Glut. Irie. Anyway, next one. <laughs> All right. Next up, we've got Saga, issue number one, the Fiona Staples Diamond Retailer Summit variant, limited to 500 copies, originally published in 2012 from Image. Now, the Diamond Retailer Summit is a chance for comic community retailers and distributors to put a finger on the pulse of the industry. Often, it is similar to a convention, albeit much smaller, in regards to it being a time to get together with other members of the community and talk shop. Also, similar is the chance for people to get their hands on some special books, often extremely limited and only available at the event. The Fiona Staples Saga Number 1 was such a book, with a limited print run of only 500 copies. Now, released one month after the initial debut of Saga, this book had a healthy aftermarket immediately, and still does. Saga by Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples is an independent comic phenomenon. This RRP variant for issue number one is a modern ghost by every standard. Currently, there are 282 copies on the CGC census, and 9.6 copies sold this week for $2,350, an all-time high in that grade, and an $850 jump from its last sale four years ago, followed by a big 9.8 sale of $3,866. That's only $144 shy of the all-time high sale of 4K back in June of 2021. Now, there is renewed interest in Saga as Vaughn and Staples have returned to the title for another 54 issues to complete their epic wow. masterpiece. Now, given the nature of the story, it's hard to imagine that this series will ever grace the big screen, yet it's hands down the most requested to be adapted. And Hollywood has tried hard only to be turned down by Brian K. Vaughn with his focus to complete the full story arc without being influenced by content development. Now, even without content, it's one of the most celebrated modern books that attract all collectors due to its extreme scarcity and masterful storytelling. Yeah, so I remember there was an interview with uh, Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples, and they were like, they were, or I think that it's, yeah, Fiona Staples. And they are asked, hey, is there any way you're going to make a series or whatever? And they have, they were jokingly saying, only if Wes Anderson did it. So that to me tells me that, the, you know, they're not interested in, you know, and, and that's, this is truly organic. It's not based on any spec for a TV show or movie that we've been, you know, that, you know, nowadays dominates these lists. Um, so, it, you know, it's good for them. I mean, it, and it is a very adult it's awesome read. Story. It's an adult, adult read. It's adult, but it's great. It, it, it's a modern masterpiece. It's one of the best things that's yeah. ever come out of comics. You can't even categorize it really. People say it's like a it's it's like a space opera. No, it's 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 just out there, man. First, we got a big dude with a TV as a head and all kinds of crazy shit. I, I mean, I've been a big fan of reading it for a while, but it does it is epic comic book storytelling. So good for them for sticking to their guns. So maybe after this next fifty six issues, maybe the I mean, now that we have like the boys and things of that nature on Amazon Prime, I mean, you never know. But you know, I bet you, I mean. I bet you there's Hollywood studios that are just throwing cast their way. They're like, hey, man, hey, man, you want to do this? You want to do this? And, you know, and they're just, you know, waiting to complete the run. And they want to be part of the executive producer so that it's faith faithfully adapted. So, uh, unfortunately, I only have Saga number one, the Mexican edition. So uh, maybe that'll get a bump. This, All right. This also points out the uh, that 500 limited edition, too. So that like we were saying last time, 
that's the print run you would do for these books back then. There was no variants. It's not like today. There was no variants back then. It was only special occasions, like diamond exclusives and stuff like that. So yeah, it's really cool to kind of see these popping up more and more. Yeah, I remember this back in the days. I was chasing this Morning Glories, Chew. Remember all those uh, independent oh, yeah. books? Chew. Yeah, uh, Chew was one time it was supposed to be a H, uh, Showtime show. Uh, and uh, Morning Glories was supposed is like this weird school that ha- has weird stuff happening to it. Yeah. But it was another one of those image books that you know, if it were to came out, if it were to come out now and was adapted, if you think about Umbrella Academy, imagine like Morning Glories as a more of a horror themed kind of take on that. Go oh, people on Morning Glories, it's a great read by the way. Anyway, uh, Saga Number One, the Fiona Staples Diamond Retailer Summit Limited to five hundred. Three thousand eight hundred sixty-six dollars. Good lord, good for them, man. Stick to your guns. What do we got up next? All right, coming up here. This is Sonic the Hedgehog, the Imposter Syndrome, number one online edition from IDW. Another um, IDW variant on the list. Uh, after a uh, shadowed cameo in Sonic the Hedgehog number forty-six, this issue uh, features the first full appearance of Surge, the Tenrek and Ketsumi. And, and the Fionic. Uh, I don't know what these characters are. Yeah. yeah, wow. Yeah, easy for you to say. <laughs> uh, sent by uh, Dr. Egg as replacements for Sonic and Tails. The two characters are the current adventurers in the ongoing uh, Sonic the Hedgehog series. This is one of the first time IDW has uh, derived from the core Sonic games, creating their own characters and giving fans new and unexpected storylines. Surge has a full backstory as uh, she was inspired by the infamous Ashura glitch from uh, Sonic the Hedgehog number two, uh, the video games. Uh, If you weren't a a hardcore gamer in the 90s, the Ashura glitch caused Sony to appear in different color palettes palettes, uh, with more iconic colors of the flashing green being blue. Um, they're high, they're high profile and this fun game connection had made this online variant highly sought after these days, bringing in an all time high sale this week of $175 for a raw copy. The Evan Stanley RI one in 10 variant is a great pickup as well that is starting to move. And that is selling at a, a high raw sale of $40 right now. This, uh, no offense to Sonic the Hedgehog fans, right. but this still baffles me to this day that Sonic books appear on our Shakers list or our top <laughs> ten list because you know uh, you know the movies I guess came out, but it wasn't much hype for it. But uh, we've had a ton of Nintendo books on here, right? But uh, mm-hmm. you know, I remember growing up like you know you either had a Nintendo or you you know and you know it, you you had to settle for a, a Sega you know Genesis. You know what I'm saying? You know, first it was Nintendo, then Sega Genesis came out. But uh, and you know, just like Mario was to Nintendo, Sonic was to Sega. Do you remember that commercial when they used to yell That's at you? Right. <laughs> All right. So uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, the imposter syndrome, where they uh, deviate from the actual sto- uh, game storyline. So, uh, all right, let's get to the uh, uh, interesting portion of the show. And uh, take your kids right. out of the room. <laughs> uh, you can leave them oh. in here. I mean, it's not that no, bad. I'm it's not kidding, like we I'm were kidding. showing like uh, boobs nah, and bush funny. like last time. <laughs> <laughs> Vampirella Strikes Again, the Milo Monero version art variant, and this was limited to 69 issues. <laughs> this this <laughs> virgin art uh, variant of Vampirella Strikes Again sold this week for $700. 
limited to 69 copies. This variant is a true ghost of a book. This very hard to find uh, appropriately for Vamprella, the book sold raw. Uh, the book is the first issue of a 2013 miniseries in which Vampirella faces supernatural menaces in Boston while God tries to recruit her to do some freelance work. Would that even be reportable as taxable income if God uh, hired you for some work? No. Uh, the, the cover Religious is, tax exemption. Yeah, right. There you go. The cover is illustrated by Italian artist Milo Manara, whose work is defined by its eroticism, as we see here. Manara is a uh, legendary illustrator, caused quite a fur with Spider-Woman variant in the 2014 Marvel Spider-Woman book, lading the Marvel censorship of the cover and fueling the Hawkeye Initiative. Google it if you want to read more. It's a riot. Manera and continued to create variant covers for mainstream publishers while also creating work that pays homage to heroic women who work through the height of the COVID-19 pandemic. Cultural favorite like uh, Vampirella illustrated here and an infamous creator out of a controversial erotica cover like Manera can do. Match is a match made in heaven or hell as we see here. Um, this virgin variant is a print run of 69 copies and has a bloody high sale. Uh, and it's a proof that it's a good book for everyone to have. <laughs> Say the right price. It didn't sell for $700. So for 699 <laughs> But it's not 666 It would be more important if it was 666 No, but it, it was a limited print run to 69 and it sold for $699. So, I mean, the, the, it, the, it, it oozes with irony, I guess, is, is, is what I'm saying. But, uh, yeah, mm. else, yeah, I have the uh, penthouse comics of this one. I think I, oh, damn it, I think I sold it during uh, a Lord's auction. Um, he, he did first. First, he did that Spider-Woman pose, but he first did that pose for Penthouse Comics, and then he did the same pose that uh, was a bit risque with the... Uh, we'll just leave it at that, but... Uh, Vampirella Strikes, the Milo Manara Virgin, limited to 69 sold for $699.99. And uh, I have no segue for this, because uh, it's literally the antithesis of this book. <laughs> All right. Oh, it's so sweet. Next up, we've got Walt Disney Winnie the Pooh, issue number one, originally published in 1977 from Gold Key Western. Now, there's no more evergreen character than Disney's massive cast. One of those characters in Winnie the Pooh and his own large cast of characters was created by writer A.A. A. Milne and English illustrator E.H. Shepard in 1926. Now, the various stories around these anthropomorphic animals were quite popular. The Walt Disney Company licensed the property in 1961 and adapted the book series into multiple features. These were some of Disney's most successful franchises at the time. Now, in the 90s, the Milne family and the other original rights holders entered into lawsuits with Disney for about 16 years that ended with Disney being granted the full rights of the character in 2007. Yet, they were ordered to pay the original right holders a fair royalty for the past and future use of the character. Now, as of 2021, the original Winnie the Pooh rights are now public domain. Now, while the Disney version of Winnie will be unaffected, 
The rights for anyone to do anything they like with the original version always gets a little weird. In the next several years, expect a splattering of new content and products that will greatly vary from Disney's versions. Now, all these factors play into the growing demand for Winnie's first appearance in this U.S. Gold Key Western comic. Now, two weeks ago, a CGC 9.8 sold for a new high of $969. And then this week, a 9.8 sold for a new high of $1,099. Like a bad stomach flu, Pooh is on the move. Yo, that seems very low price to me for a 9.84. For those... so. Walt Disney no longer has the the intellectual property for it. That means it's public domain, meaning like it's uh, Robin Hood or uh, things like that. Literary Dracula. Exactly. Things that have been around for like decades and decades that really nobody owns the rights to. I mean, so there is a Winnie the Pooh horror film that's coming out that there was a trailer that dropped. I want to say a couple of months ago. I uh, it's worth the Google. Go look on YouTube. It's a Winnie the Pooh. If he was a slasher killer. I am not even making this up. It is so when they when they lost the rights, people were like, I'm gonna snatch it up and it's the most terrifying Winnie the Pooh you will ever see. I just go look it up. Uh, I it's on YouTube. There's a trailer for it. Uh it's supposed to be a thea- theatrical release coming out this year, I think or next year, but it, it's 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 slasher Winnie the Pooh. I don't know what else to tell you, man, but uh, look it up. It's very trippy, man. But the so- Wisney does this mean that other Disney characters are going to be public domain, like straight up no, Mickey no, no. and Donald? But Winnie the Pooh was never a, wasn't a Disney creation, though. So just like uh, Peter Pan wasn't a Disney creation, right? These were literary works well, that Disney adapted. Uh, what what happens different. a lot of times with this is uh, the original version of the character becomes public domain. So yeah. like even with Mickey Mouse, anybody can do. There's a point where that uh, copyright expires, right after yeah, no you know. Way. I thought it so yeah so. And I, th- I think it's like in 10 years. So you can start doing Mickey Mouse, but it's that Steamboat Willie version of Mickey Mouse. You can't have yeah. like the big white gloves and like the red shorts and that. That is forever copyrighted by Disney. But that original yeah. version, same here with Winnie the Pooh. You can go out and do a Winnie the Pooh movie, comic book, cartoon. It just can't be this version of Winnie the Pooh where he's Donald Ducking there with like, you know, no sh- yeah. no pants on but a shirt. Kind of yeah. I'm pretty sure Disney lawyers were a fight like hell for oh, yeah. Steamboat Willie. You know what I mean? Uh, but Winnie the Pooh was just kind of like, they don't really, I mean, if you think about when we were growing up, we saw a lot of Winnie the Pooh. I mean, we all grew up in Winnie the Pooh books, right? But, you know, over the, you know, there, there was a, a, a live action movie about the guy who created Winnie the Pooh. I don't know if you've ever seen that. It's pretty good, though. Um, um, about the writer who did that. And then, uh, um, there's one about Peter Pan, you know, the live action, the people who created Peter Pan and all these different things. So it's it's kind of interesting. Walt Disney, they didn't do Snow White. They didn't do uh, a lot of these. Maybe Dumbo is the only one they created on their own. But a lot of these were literary works that Disney adapted and made cartoons out of. Right. Mm-hmm. And then they just, you know, and just happened to be. Wow. But there's very few Disney IP back then that they, they took. It's, you know, you, you can talk. A Hans Christian Andersen or something like that. I don't want to go too deep into the weeds, but we know a classic like you know storytelling of uh, for kids or you know Peter Pan is, yo, the original Peter Pan is really twisted. So Peter Pan and Wendy and those kids are oh. dead, and they go the Lost Boys are all dead people. Um, spoiler alert! <laughs> look at the all those things are really whacked out. Look at the original version of like Sleeping Beauty. It is it is creepy and gross in all kinds of different manners. It's 
those original stories, they just Disney fight them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But Peter Pan, like uh, the original, it's kind of melancholy, right? Like, you know, the, the Lost Boys are actually dead and they're in like a, I don't know, a, you know, not heaven or hell, but kind of a purgatory. But it's, it's like just, purgatory. Yeah. Yeah. And Peter Pan is like, the I don't know, just just Google it. It's it's worth a Google. It's a very, very interesting story. But they, they Disney fight it basically. What is it? Hell, they even... If you think of Sound of Music, there was Nazis in that. I mean, Jesus Christ, you know, things, you know, singing through the hills and then they had Nazis in it. So uh, there you go. So not making any connotation. Don't they? don't write your congressman about me anyway. Walt Disney, Winnie the Pooh, issue number one from Western Comics, January 1977. So for $1,099, that seems like a bargain to me, man. Especially with all this. Uh, now that it's public domain, anybody could do anything with it. All right. Here's an interesting one. Yeah, this one's gonna be great. This is uh, Shonen Jump uh, Weekly number fifty-one. Uh, this came out in nineteen eighty-four. This is it. This is the piece that started it all. This is the beginning of Dragon Ball. Now we covered Dragon Ball Z and Dragon Ball in uh, previous weekly reports over on Cover Price, uh, but not the very first appearance of Dragon Ball and Goku. Uh, fans were introduced to Goku 38 years ago, and to say it changed the genre of manga and shonen in general can't be understated. It defined the genre for generations. It continues to reach new generations by becoming an evergreen brand um, for generations to come. It continues to reach, um, and it's uh, on, uh, excuse me, and then with the help of a uh, sequel ongoing manga coming out today still today and the recent worldwide release of a feature film titled dragon dragon ball super superhero a recent raw copy sold for a massive 1125 dollars that's some serious cash for a raw book for something that was meant to be handled read multiple times passed around and basically thrown away though it's not surprising to see such an influential piece of history fetch a high price oh and there were almost four million copies of these printed yet they rarely come to market yeah manga sells like crazy uh so yeah <laughs> one fan got lucky however and grabbed a piece of history uh in the rare chance that he got it uh featuring the first appearance of a character and franchise that has grossed 30 billion dollars and continuing oh to grow jeez wow. that is nuts yeah, I've been on an anime kick myself on Netflix. There's a ton of anime on uh, on on. I mean, manga itself. Have you ever been to a manga store, dude? There are volumes and volumes mm -hmm. of it. Remember, read it backwards if it's truly manga. Uh, so, Weekly mm -hmm. Shonen Jump issue number fifty-one from Shuisha. I think I said the right from nineteen eighty-four. Shuisha, Shuisha. Uh, eleven twenty-five for a raw dog. All right, uh, I finally on the board. I've been talking about this book for a while now. There we finally go. got it. Yeah, man. Here we go. X-Men Adventures. This is issue number one. This is the newsstand copy from 1992. And Kevin Feige must be a big fan of the iconic theme song from the 90s X-Men animated series. Not only did that theme song play in the Multiverse of Madness, but it also showed up in the last episode of Miss Marvel. Uh, it was also announced by Marvel Animation at San Diego Comic-Con that the X-Men 97 series will soon be released. Uh, some collectors argue that this comic is a quasi-first appearance for those characters, or rather a rendition of those characters. Even so, it is the first appearance of Morph, a character that was created for the animated series. With the news coming out of San Diego Comic-Con, an eager buyer went deep into their pockets and pulled out 1200 bucks 
for a 9.8 newsstand back on July 25th. The last time this issue sold in a 9.8, it was November of 2021, and it sold for 800 bucks. I'm glad I got my five copies for, <laughs> for five bucks each. I got them when uh, so the showrunners on an interview said we'd love to do something with Marvel. I immediately was like read in between the lines, you are lying out your fucking teeth. Something is in the development, and sure enough, um, there was a panel for the animation. Oops, excuse me, damn man. Um, and uh, Magneto is going to be the leader. If you want to see it, watch our show from uh, on Sunday. Saturday. We, Saturday. We covered we covered it all. Uh, one more book, and then we're going to see what's shaking uh, on today's Shakers list. What maybe a pop-up appearance? I don't know. What do we Ooh, got next? We have a pop-up appearance coming? Ooh. Stay tuned, everybody. That's a little teaser. Stick around. This is the last read of the night, folks. We've got Zombie Tramp, issue number one, the New York Comic Con edition, originally published in 2014 from Action Lab Comics. Now, the Zombie Tramp IP is as undead as the main character, Janie Bell escort to the stars when contracted for work with an officer said officer instead plans to feed her to his zombified son now she receives a bite and boom zombie tramp is born this graphic book caters to readers who love grindhouse horror zombie boobs and human (laughs) to which it has found its niche and some success now with each issue there are often several variants released as well this book was released in 2014 during the new york comic con and it was limited to only 50 copies this variant featuring zombie tramp in full statue of liberty regalia just sold for a pretty penny twelve hundred dollars for a cgc 9.8 to be exact now with raw copies going for around 850 bucks the market for this book is healthy its rarity is due to the low print relaunch of Zombie Tramp after Action Lab Comics took over publishing from original creator Dan Mendoza in 2014. Now, unfortunately, their relationship soured and led to the demise of the scantily clad zombie after several bitter legal battles. Now, Mendoza ended up winning, relaunching the title in 2021 via Kickstarter. Zombie Tramp has a small but passionate following, still selling issues as recently as this year. Fans of this series don't mind the calamity, routinely paying top dollar for numerous variants of this adult-themed series. Yeah, there is uh, tons of boobies in Zombie Tramp. Stick around. We're going to see what's shaking today, boys and girls. But I do believe there is a disturbance in the force. I do there's believe a there's a disturbance in the force. Oh, I feel it. Whoa, live from Terrificon. I do believe <laughs> Justin is there. Oh, man, oh, three men in a basement. Oh, you got Auto. Oh my god, let's put nice. these knuckleheads full screen. <laughs> the show just went off the rails. Oh, look at Where these guys at? Who else is in the group? Oh, oh everybody's in the house. Roger, <laughs> oh my god. It's an invasion. <laughs> Three men in the guys, how's it going? That was a Jaker's show. Drinking here, but you guys done. joined. Yeah, man. Hey. <laughs> I see Zach has finally made his East Coast appearance. Even in the basement of the house. Uh, Terrific yeah. Con. How are you guys doing? Uh, doing good, man. Unfortunately, Tim, he's not as tall as you, but you know we had to do that. <laughs> I, I caught the three men in the basement show Dude, earlier, where Zach, Zach said he despises people. He said he despises people taller than him. I took that no, personally, Zach. Dude, if Zach is this tall in real life, I'm a midget next to Tim. I just want to say that <laughs> I'm like a dwarf, man. Oh my god. Nice. Do you guys want to stick around and see what's shaking? 
Yeah, uh, no, man, we're going to continue no, to drink and go gamble, but yeah, check hey, out everybody. Win some money and buy some X-Men uh, animated, first animated Absolutely, man. Number one. Enjoy right, everybody. Guys, make sure you check out Comic Con yeah, podcast and Three Minute Basement. They'll be going live from Terrificon this weekend. Peace out, man. It's a fun weekend. Yeah, Later, yeah. dudes. Cheers. Haters. That is like a worst case scenario What's the for next me one? is to go to a uh, to go to a, a show that has a casino attached no. to it. <laughs> you know uh, what I'm saying? Baltimore, Baltimore had a casino. Oh. Yeah. Well, oh. let's see what's shaking today, boys and girls. Anybody coming seamless, out to Vegas for Vegas, Don, it's all casinos out here. Oh, I know. Forget about that, man. I went there for a wedding. I was like, <laughs> lost my shirt. Lot, all right. Let's see what's shaking uh, today. Here's the weekly top 10, dominated by San Diego Comic-Con books. And yet there's still one 8 billion genies book on there. These are the weekly movers. These are the most units sold. Oh, I'm digging a Star Wars uh, variant right here. I that like this. dope. With the lightsaber. Judgment Day. Hmm, I gotta get that. But we're to see what's shaking, boys and girls. Already, I see a trend. Man, what do you see? That's cool. Oh, These are just the top showing off again. Line is ah, yeah, Fantastic <clears throat> Four, Ghost Rider, Black Knight. This is the original Black Knight That's for cool. uh, Marvel Comics. Uh, two point five, so for two grand. This wow. is uh, Black Knight. I believe from Atlas Comics, I do believe. Before it was Marvel. Is it? Uh, think, yeah, yeah, way in the upper left hand corner, you see it. It says Atlas Comics. So. Uh, this is the original Black Knight. Uh, is there any relation grand. to the character? Is Does he I the grandpa his, of or something? His uncle, uh, Dane Whitman's uncle. If you remember watching uh, The Eternals, uh, Dane Whitman uh, says you know something about his uncle. So his uncle is actually, um, you know, he inherits, I think, the, the throne from him. Because this this Black Knight is from the Middle Ages, obviously, right? Um, Same blade? Dane, uh, but Dane Whitman version is obviously from modern times. But um, he's coming. Believe it or He's not. Coming. Yep. Check out this crazy one. Over yeah, there. pirates. You know what you rarely ever see from the Golden Age is a pink cover. Hmm. I can... Normally, they're always yellow. So, uh, 2200 for a 9.0 from 1946. That seems pretty well priced for me. I mean, jeez. Look at the difference eight. between a 9.0. Golly. 9.0 and 9.8 is $21,000. So, it just goes to show yeah, you. Yeah, but doesn't the fact have to there's a 9.8... From that's 46. incredible from 1946 that's incredible that's, 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 incredible. A, that's, that's a, time a time machine, machine book yeah right <laughs> time machine book yeah yeah come on Pet, what, did, what did, did, did somebody stick it in their sears catalog and forget about it i mean come on this is uh patsy walker not the same as the patsy walker that ends up being hellcat but you know you know a fun cover kind of weird anatomy but you know well who am i to judge i can't draw <laughs> um <laughs> Let's see, uh, Kang the Conqueror obviously was oh, yeah. uh, making big noise. I'm going to be showing mine off pretty soon here. Transformers. Uh, Transformers. This nice. is the first appearance in the in Marvel Comics. First appearance of Autobots and Decepticons. Is that a record for, for that? 9. Is that the uh, high for the red 9.8? No. 3,000 no. back in 2021. This book is only going to go up. Supposedly, there's going to be a reboot of the... Um, uh, Transformers universe, uh, and it started with the Bumblebee movie, which is a great film if you haven't seen it. Uh, it's also an awesome Bill Sienkiewicz cover too. Yeah, I, 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 I for some reason, uh, Transformers: The Black Knight came uh, out and I, on TV, and I watched it. Or no, the it's called The Last Night or whatever, and it strangely mixes in the Transformers mythos with King Arthur mythology. Ooh. It's it's such a weird it's such a weird movie, man. But it's uh, Michael the, Bay at his Revelation comics. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You want to see? He want. Sorry. He wanted to see some. That's classic Vampirella. That's great. Right there. Classic. 
Then you get all the other covers behind it, too. So you get like extra oh, covers. Yeah. That's the first issue right here, I believe. Does anyone else right? hear Ozzy Osbourne in their head right now? Right. <laughs> uh, $1,100 for a 9.8. Uh, this is one of the few books. The first appearance of Vampirella is the first one of the few books that I'm still uh, searching for that I go out and actively buy. Uh, I do believe you did uh, ask about this. Look at this. Yeah, I want to see is this. Is that one. Ares? That looks like Ares or is some crazy. The dude. Secret of Giant Forest. Yeah. Wonder Woman Braves Unknown Dangers Solves the Secrets of the Giant Forest. Um, a new exciting Wonder Woman Dr. Looks definitely Pat different, story. though. It's interesting. When was this? What year? This was 1951. So this is when she didn't have the... Uh, here, if I go back, if you see her bottom, so if you go and look at this iteration, she kind of had like a skirt. Like a skirt. Yeah. 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 And then so now she's, now she's in full-on tights a la Linda Carter, you know, in that Ooh. one. So, you know, there's that. Of course, Secret Wars is popping off because of San Diego Comic-Con. Good to see uh, uh, Groot coming in. Groot. That out, of, out of all the news, cute. there was a fun little ant trailer for the uh, Groot uh, yeah. anime series that's it. coming that looks super cute for, you know, for all you kids out there, for kids at heart. Uh, Tales to the first appearance of Groot, who is uh, getting his own song, and is going to be uh, close to being a... Uh, old teenager now in Guardians of the Galaxy 3. That's uh, a pre-code uh, monster book, too, which yep, is awesome. This is Tales to Astonish before it became a superhero yep. book. So 1960, yeah? I mean, for a superhero uh, book, yeah. Well, I wonder if that's Stan Lee that did this. Mm, possibly. Possibly. Uh, here's a speaking of Black Knight. A lot of people are starting to spec on those Black Knight books. Hey, we don't see this too often. What is this? Bad, I what is bad this? idea. Sacred Heart. Number one, July 21st, 2022. 7.54 Raw Comic. Oh, my Wait God. Wait a minute. Is there something special about it? Or is that like a cover? No, a? it's just guerrilla marketing, you know, on their part, you know. It looks like it's autographed. Yeah, I had to buy every single thing to get all the bad idea. You had to sign up to buy everything. Yeah. <laughs> Add a preset of, order amount, too. Yeah. Speaking of metal, dude, Evil Ernie. There you go. First full appearance of Evil Ernie. Predates Evil Ernie number one. $700 mm-hmm. for a raw dog. Seems pretty cheap I see that, me. and I hear Cannibal Corpse music. <laughs> yeah, this reminds me of Eddie from um, what's the uh, Iron Maiden? Whenever they have the Eddie doll, you know, yeah, every yeah, Iron yeah. Maiden poster, and you see Eddie. It reminds me of Eddie, you know, Ernie, Evil Eddie. Anyway, uh, but I remember in the nineties, uh, Evil Ernie and uh, what was it Lady Death? They were all the, they were all over the place. Uh, to be honest with you, they were just t- wow. Look at this one. Is this our friend Peach Moko? Yes, it Peach is. Peach Moko. <laughs> do i need to play that yeah. <laughs> come on we invoke, we invoke the name i guess we, yeah. let me see if i have it um do, do, do. all right so you know anytime it's like you know if we invoke somebody else's name we have to play that if i invoke peach Moko's name we got to play this hey guys it's lou here your out of shape comic book collector and i'm welcoming you to another episode of what to put in your box Oh man, you're not gonna believe this, dude. Your book came back a 9 8. A 9 8? Karate kick! Oh. <laughs> hey guys, it's Comic Lou here, and this is another episode of our Top 10, where the comics we talk about, ironically, are on my eBay store. And I'm here, joined by the comic sensei from Alaska himself, Kevin. What's up, guys? 
We got our top 10 books. This is on our top 10 here. It's uh, Peach Momoko. Peach, Peach Momoko! Take a look. I love Peach Momoko. I love Peach Dude, what? Dude, it's my book. Dude, stop! It's my book! Dude, stop! <laughs> Man, I'm T Ho from Lords of the Short Box. Screw that guy, British style. Yo, DJ Curse Words, kick it! Man, what the fuck is that? Shout out to everybody's comics of Alaska for putting on that great skit. Yeah, if you get if you get butt hurt by that, then you're taking yourself way too seriously. Oh, Shout out to Ages Cogs of Alaska. That is hilarious. So you know, so anytime we bring up Peach Mocha, we got to play that video now. It's just part, cool of, the, it's part of the rules, like boys and girls. How much is it? You didn't even see how much it was. Seven hundred. Seven hundred for a raw dog, dude. Issue number six. Holy shit! Why? Why? Because it's Peach Momoko, man. I guess on, so. I should have you an ass, right? Jesus. Uh -huh. uh, wow, Swamp Thing getting some respect. There's two books. Well, there's what leaks about the uh, he's going to be appearing in the Halloween Disney Plus Halloween special along with uh, Werewolf by Night. Uh, Swamp Thing's supposed to make his appearance. So, uh, wait, wait, you Swamp mean Man's DC, thing. though? You mean Man Thing? I'm sorry. You mean man, I'm yeah. sorry. I, was, I get my things mixed up. <laughs> yeah, this Thanks, is man. not my giant size Man Thing. This is Swamp Thing. Uh, yeah, don't get your giant size man thing mixed up. Not even the first appearance of Swamp Thing either. This is Swamp Thing number one. Yeah, but one. the first appearance is right below it. So it's on there twice. Yeah, let's see. Mm. So there must yeah, be something there it is. staring in yeah, there. It is. Fun fact, the model for this was Louise Simonson um, at the time. They modeled this after her. Um, Great documentary on Amazon. Yeah, I know. They tell I know you I all about bring that. it up. Yeah, five hundred forty-five dollars for raw dog. Drink, I, right? I'll drink, bring up my drink. I'll bring up my story. My house of secrets ninety-one or uh, ninety-two. I bought it off eBay in two thousand and one. If you ever bought off eBay in two thousand and one, there was no buyer or sellers. <laughs> Man, yo, my comic was folded in half and shoved inside my mailbox. That's how yeah. I got my house. You had to pay for the money order. Yeah, did you have to pay for a yeah, money order? Yeah, I had to send them a money order or a cashier's yeah. check. You know, and then they, they even waited. So if you send them a personal check to go, you have to wait five business days for it to clear. You're like, what the hell? So hopefully you, you would send money off somewhere and hopefully you get a comic book back. That's on the early days of eBay. There was no PayPal or you know, this easy stuff, you kids and your paved roadways. No, monsters, <laughs> so, monsters. Uh, monsters, there you go. Monsters of Filmland. Look at that gnarly one-eyed creature. That is dope. That's what she said. <laughs> Ride the Ghoul's Eye, Willows Grove Amusement Park. That thing looks gnarly. What is this, 1958? Pre-code. Mm, yeah. Go through some of these covers. That is dope. You want to see some more? All right. Yeah, yeah these 70s like monster covers or all these. We had this one on our week last week. Yeah, we did. This, yeah, because yeah, I was talking about his crazy ass eyebrows. Yeah. Um, is that King Kong? King Kong, yeah. Yo. It's like, what the hell is that? Some kind of crazy mad scientist. The first Hand one, I think, looks like the guy from Monsters, Inc. This one looks like <laughs> Beethoven, kind of. Oh, Vincent <laughs> Price. Shout out to Vincent Price, man. Boom. These are all beautifully painted covers, too. Yeah. I mean, you don't realize how big horror was back in the 60s and 70s. What, what, what's that? Fant Fant Fantagoria? Whatever was it called? That magazine? Fantagoria? Fangoria. Fangoria, yeah, and then cinema, cinematograph or something like that. They were just dedicated to like 
you know, if you think about the horror films now, think about horror films in the 70s and 80s. They were much more about, you know, gore and things. Now it's more like supernatural shit. But, you know, back then, you know, you know. Look at that witch's you know. tails. Yeah. This would be great for Halloween comic covers. <laughs> I might buy it just for that reason. Good girl and cover. bondage. Yeah. She's all there girl go. cover. Who did this? It's from Harvey Comics. So they were a pretty big publisher back then. Weird, weird Yarns of Unseen Terrors. Witch Tales issue number one, 1951. First issue came out. That's pretty dope. Maybe I need to get it now for Halloween comic covers right around a month. Uh, this is also, this is the book that I was talking about that uh, is rumored. There was a plot leak rumored for the uh, Disney Plus Halloween special. Elsa Bloodstone is going to be following the footsteps of her father, which is an, I think, Marvel a preview book, I want to say. Uh, and um, it's going to be War of My Night, Bloodstone, and Man-Thing are all going to appear in the Halloween special. Yo, this awesome. is some dope, crazy-ass covers, yo. I have crazy. literally never seen number two before. I had only seen number one. I've what, never... what a strange uh, uh, cover compared to the first one. Yeah, right? I mean, all of them are kind of unique. Look at this one. That's cool. Kind of Egyptian theme to it. And then this one is straight up Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones. That? I like that. That's oh, I need, that's dope. I need to get all four issues now. I only have issue number one because, you know, that was the first appearance. <laughs> the only one you ever I think, see. I think that Indiana Jones one, I've seen that. It's, it's, a, it's a pricey book. Go back to it. I think it's a Let's pricey book. Let's go look book. at it. Especially with new Indiana Jones movie coming out. I've seen those on back walls at conventions and stuff. 48 bucks for a raw dog. Three fifty for 9.8 for a fourth issue in a, in a miniseries. That's that's pretty good. That's all black cover that's, too. Get a 9.8 on it. So, yeah. Solely, yeah, that's a cool solely based on homage. Compared to this, the other ones are really. I mean, I kind of like dig this one too. I, I the, like it. Yeah. All the four covers are totally different. Abner and Lanning were a great writing combination. Oh my god. Thirty-five dollars for nine point eight three three hundred fifty. Uh, this is obviously the first appearance of her. It we talked about it on here before, Tim, but uh, Abbott and Landing, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and Nova books are fantastic. Oh, stuff. yeah. And they're annihilate. I think they did an annihilation wave, too. Um, yeah, yep, all that stuff. They're great. At, uh, I think, you know, then Bendis took over Guardians, but the Abbott and Landing run, especially the Nova books, great, great, incredible cosmic storytelling on their part. Um, are they still writing together? Who the, what are they writing now? I'm trying to think. I don't, I don't very, think they're a writing team anymore. I think they went separate ways. Yeah, because very rare where you see it's like a writing team. You know, it's always a writer and an author and a and a penciler, but it's it's very rare to see like a writing team per se. Uh, look at this, Starling Comics. What the hell is that uh, thing? Wow. Introducing Tigra, Lance Lewis, space defective. From Pines Comics, $350 for a raw dog. $800 for a 4.0 sold in 2018. Where do you even find these books, man? It's like, jeez. Star Wars as usual. Our friend, uh, Dr. Afra. Dr. Afra. Uh, Oh, my God. That is one of the most insane stories I've ever read. The Pro? The Pro. Oh, my God. It it is. We we had it on our list uh, last week. Yeah. I yeah, know, she's like great. a prostitute or a professional that pretends to be a superhero or some crap like that. No, she, she's a she's a prostitute. Yeah, but it's very superpowers and uses her superpowers to be a better prostitute. <laughs> there you go. She's a super prostitute. I was going to say something else, but we won't say it. Uh, love this cover. This is classic Conan the Barbarian. Boom! Look at that badass cover. First appearance right. of Conan in Marvel Comics, two hundred seventy-five dollars. Wow! Did I just watch the Jason Momoa version the other day? 
awful. And I gotta say, I didn't hate it. It wasn't yeah. Arnold, but I didn't hate it. Yeah. That's also uh, early Barry Windsor Smith art, too. Yep, Barry Windsor Smith. There's the first appearance of Red Sonia. Is it? On the cover. That's okay. the first full. All right, clarify. Yeah, first cover appearance of Red Sonia. This is her first appearance, but people seem to grab it. Nobody wants that, that book. <laughs> yeah, this is the one. This is her first appearance right here. First appearance of Red Sonia. It's this is the one the I Wolverine have. Wolverine argument yeah. all over right. again. Yeah. Uh, but look at this one. What is this? <laughs> yeah, what is that? Doom right? War. Doom yeah, War. Perfect comparison. That is gnarly, bro. <clears throat> That's got to be J.R. Jr., John Romita Jr., right? That looks yeah, like he did all the covers for that series, I think. Yeah. Doom War. First appearance of the Midnight Angels, a special a special what works team of the Dormelaja Elite. Oh, Ooh. I see why this is hot now because they were in the trailer. Uh huh. So they're like the Midnight Angels wear a different color than the Dormelaja, and they were shown in the Black Panther trailer. Um, so take that for what it is. So, um, and I believe they are the special what works team that was in the uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier TV show. Um, do you remember how they were uh, the special ops team that were sent out and they're led by that one chick? Anyway, um, but uh, yeah, I expect this book to go up even higher. Good to see. Uh, also, people are always are still rumoring that that Doctor Doom is supposed to be somehow a part of it. So there's that whole Doctor Doom, uh, Latveria, and Wakanda storyline, and that's what that like Doom he's war causing is too. the war between the two uh, countries. Yeah, right. Uh, and that's that, yeah. what that book is. There is the Doom War stuff. I wouldn't. I wouldn't doubt it if they did that because you know, you know, pits you know, Mariner, uh, Namor against uh, Wakanda. It's the three. They, they, it's, they, it's the three big empires of the Marvel universe. It's the classic superhero meetup, right? Hey, I'm gonna. I don't know you, so you're my enemy, and then they. Hey, we're both good guys. Let's go find a real bad guy. You know what I mean? That's uh, every right. superhero team up ever. Uh, speaking of intellectual property that anybody could use, this is the monster of Frankenstein. First appearance of Frankenstein in the comics, or was it in a Fantastic Four? I'm trying to think. Mm. I believe this is the first appearance of Frankenstein in the comics, but he also appeared in the 616, because this is not a 616 book, but still a dope cover that you should be having for a Halloween comic covers. Uh, $250 for a raw... I see a theme here. I, st- I see a theme here. I think they pull out. They think Marvel's pulling out all the horror theme characters all for the, the Halloween horror. special. Yeah, all of them. Uh, here you go, Ryan. When should you sell your Thunderbolts book? Let's look at this. Isn't even the first appearance of Thunderbolts, but this is uh, Thunderbolts number one. This is two hundred thirty-four dollars for a nine point eight. Holy cow! So, what is that? the answer to that question? Though, when do you sell it? At I first would... trailer. Well, sell it now. I mean, it, but I would think right now the market is flooded uh, as soon as the trailer came out. But how often do you see the second print pink cup, red cover? Dude, I've been hunting this thing forever mm-hmm. and it never showed up on eBay. And then once Thunderbolts got popular, my my phone is just blowing up notifications of this book going on eBay now. <laughs> $80 for a raw dog. Yeah. Uh, I love Thunderbolts. This is such yeah. a great series. I don't yeah, think so I don't think you're going to get this series in, in the, no. the movie, of course, because it's totally different. But the concept and the idea of that whole series is, is great. Yeah. So the concept is, you know, supervillains get together and they pretend like they're superheroes. And then about halfway through the series, you know, they say, hey, I kind of like being a supervillain, a superhero. I don't want to be a supervillain anymore. And then, you know, obviously Osborne is like, no, we need to do it. But I remember I, particularly Songbird's like, you know, I want to be a good guy. Yeah. Um, look at this gnarly cover. This is hey, Tivo, we're going to shout out Ages Comics of Alaska dropping the Yo, super chat on the channel 
Uh, he must have, uh, his, uh, you get a his his bald head must have been itching or something. We played your video earlier. <laughs> Mephisto is causing the war. We got a shout out to Aegis Cosmics of Alaska. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure people were blowing up his phone saying, yo, man, uh, they're playing your video again. <laughs> uh, Mystery Tales number, uh, what is this? Number nine. Look at that. That is gnarly. The men in the morgue, you made a bad mistake. No shit. If you open up a drawer and somebody's coming at you, yo, you done something wrong. This is back on those Atlas comics. And then Marvel eventually bought them. But uh, there you go. Uh, little Spider-Woman. Man. We, sign, surprisingly, Sony didn't show anything at San Diego Comic-Con. Which uh, I was a bit disappointed, man. Because, um, you know, they have their Spider-Woman thing. They got the Spider-Man across the universe or whatever. The Spider-Verse coming. And, you know, we didn't get anything from Sony. So, so what, uh, is everything going to be saved for D23? Is that no, what it is? Sony has nothing to do with uh, oh, no. yeah. Marvel. So- yeah, Sony is separate. So it's Sony Pictures produced by Kevin. Well, if Kevin Feige produced the Spider-Man movies, Kevin Feige didn't do the Morbius film or the Venom films. Uh, he may have had okay. an executive producer, but it wasn't a Sony Mike. If you remember Spider-Man No Way Home, it actually has the Marvel Studios logo in front of it. So it's. What about Madam so- Web? Aren't they supposed to be working on that? They're not. That's a Sony project. So well, you have to differentiate. Spider-Man is the only character that Marvel will has the theatrical rights to. And basically, what they do is they put up the creative side, and Sony puts up a financial side. Right. So Kevin Feige is full of control, money for Sony. Control. They're like, yeah, everything we yeah. put out sucks. Sony, so, but Sony pays awesome. for all the production costs and marketing <laughs> costs and everything like that. That's Spider-Man is the bane of uh, Kevin Feige's existence. He was he wish he had the full rights to Spider-Man. Um, they can do. I think Marvel does own the animated rights. So that's why you're seeing freshman year it was at uh, mm-hmm. the Marvel panel at San Diego Comic-Con along with X-Men 97. So they have the animated rights to it. I think they've always had the animated rights to be, to be honest with you, but not and any theatrical rights. It gets really convoluted, but uh, that's, you know, that's the one thing I think, you know, they would want back, but no way Sony's giving up that cash cow because uh, Spider-Man No Way Home made a billion dollars. Uh, there's no way they're giving that up. But uh, once again, shout out to Ages Comics of Alaska. Go check them out. They do uh, one of the, some of the funniest content you ever see on their, on their YouTube and Instagram. You know, you know, hey, we're collecting comic books. Don't take yourself too seriously. If you do, then just stop it. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> can I can I say that? I can say that, right? <laughs> yeah. Gabe, any last words? Everybody, thanks for showing up. See you guys next Thursday. Have a good night. Yeah, yeah. I think Ryan's internet timer ran out right at an hour, and then he oh. got booted out. So his timer's up for an hour. JB, any last words? Yeah, I'm dropping content on the channel again, so go check it out. I'm uh, working on a new man cave, so if you want to see the progression of the man cave, episode one of that dropped today, so check it out. That sounds erotic, too, by the way, the way you said that. Check out the man cave. Yeah, I can't (laughs) stop. All right, boys and girls, we will see you uh, Tuesday, maybe Sunday, and maybe come back with letters of the long box, but it's uh, it's also uh, my... uh, birthday with my brother me and my little brother have the same birthday which is sunday but he lives in san diego so i may see him this weekend so uh if i have enough time sunday we're going to do letters of the long box so drop your questions in the last letters of the long box video if you want it answered or on geekosity mag's uh, facebook page ask away there's i think there's a pen post there and we'll try to do letters of the long box on sunday at 5 p.m or 4 p.m pacific you'll know when i tell you but till then boys and girls peace out and keep digging in them long boxes Oh,